It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Lucas Moore. Sports fan 97 WATH 97.1 FM. We got Troy Bolin in studio. I'm Lucas Moore, as the big man said. And, uh, you know, not a lot of big sports news today, but we've got the NBA Finals to talk about. That is tonight. And we want to touch again on this OHSA regional realignment. But but a lot of good sports news. Although it is a slow time of year, Troy, we, we somehow keep finding topics to get excited about, topics to talk about on the show. And I, I guess that is our jobs. I guess that's in our job uh, description. But it's not the easiest thing to do sometimes in the summer months. But we found the way to do it again. We'll have Rusty Richards calling in the show very shortly. We'll get into the regional realignment of the OHSA a little bit more. And uh, we'll touch on the NBA Finals. So NBA Finals, big game tonight. So I'm excited for the show. Just think if you had a job. I, got, I work with a buddy who's a diehard Browns fan. Okay? Okay. I mean, he is... The Browns fan in the world. Which, speaking of Browns, do you see some players already upset at Baker Mayfield's comments? Ah, that's that's going to that's going to happen. The guy the guy's got a big mouth. It's how he is. It's who he is. But anyways, those guys that he listens to this radio show, four hours every day, Monday through Friday, not one hour like you and I are about to do. Yeah, four hours, and most of it, eighty percent of it is Browns. Could you do that? Yes. It's not a it's not a talk show where you and I just skip over all these little topics in the in the world. We go we do World Cup soccer four hours, dude. Yeah, I could do it without a doubt. Yeah, that's their that's their job all day is to do that four hour show, and that's three hours of prep. So Troy, you, if you and I sat down, we could do a four hour show. We would just have to sit down for two hours beforehand, plan out all the topics, the segments, do the research, do all the grunt work. So we could do it. But we, we just don't really have the time. Yeah, that's true. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. And, and they, you know, they got other people working for them, too. They got people feeding them information. and But still, it just ba- – I mean, it's crazy because I, I have to listen to it. It's just – it's painful because, you know, me, I'm not, a, I'm not like a huge Browns fan. I am kind of pulling for them a little bit for some reason. But I they just – they come up with everything and anything. They just create topics if if they have to. It's just It blows my mind. Yeah, I think that the Browns news today was interesting because I think that Baker Mayfield is causing just a lot. What I say, I said that he's going to, the way he leads, the way he makes comments, the way he's bold, the way he's brash, it's going to get him in trouble. And the, the longer he's in the league, the more in trouble it's going to get him. And there's already some teammates. Now, they say that they addressed the issue, and I'm sure they did, and I'm sure it's completely fine. But, you know, where there's a little bit of smoke, there's some fire, and it's they just didn't like the way Baker Mayfield was mouthing off about Duke Johnson's contract. And, and that's just somewhere where... If you if you keep doing that for long enough, you're going to get a lot of guys upset at you, and, and you're not going to have a great locker room, especially if you have an attitude the way Baker Mayfield has, and things go wrong. Like I'm, attitude is a problem only when things are going bad, right? If you've got a bad attitude kid on your team, but you're winning every game, and that kid is hitting 500, it doesn't matter. But if if you've got a bad attitude and you start losing, all of a sudden things change and bad attitudes. They get worst. When when are the Warriors' attitudes the worst? When Trayvon Green's attitude the worst? When they're losing. So, if Baker Mayfield starts failing, if they go through some struggles early in the year, how is Odell Beckham Jr. going to handle that? How is Baker Mayfield going to handle that as a leader? And how is Freddie Kitchens, a first-year head coach, a guy who's never been even an offensive coordinator before, how's he going to handle that? Those are just my questions for the Browns. And I think that the story today could be a story we look back on come to the end of the season as the first sign of many for why the Browns weren't as successful as we thought they'd be heading into this year. Oh, man, Debbie Downer over here in the in the captain's chair on the Browns just throwing, cast a dark cloud over, spoken like a true Bengals fan. <laughs> and uh, Hey, Bengals are hey. sitting quietly. Their coach is making a lot of good decisions. Their coach is, uh, he seems smart. He seems like he's chipper. All the players feel like they're energetic. But, you know, Bengals fans will stay quiet. We're supposed to be the worst team in the AFC North. We get it. And uh, Browns have the most talent, I think, in the division. So that's how it's supposed to be. But I'm just saying, if we turn around at the end of the season and the Browns and Bengals are both 7-9, and 8-8, and, and the Ravens and Steelers are at the top of this division, 
and we're wondering what happened, I think that this sign is is just going to be the start of it, that the locker room was just too much. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. they got too much talent. It's a talent league. But the comments, though, I don't think they were so – there would have to be more, and there would have to be more worse things because his comments um, – I could see where he was going, and I think there might even be some teammates that kind of agree with him, like, yeah, man, we're we're a team. You know, if you're either with us or you're not – but it's also a business, and they're saying, look, Mayfield, we know you got your money. Duke doesn't have his money. Let's not talk about that. But who's to say one of the, the, the bigger guys, the older guys, just grabbed Baker by the back of the neck, took him into the side room, and said, look, dude, don't do that. And Baker being, a, I think, a yeah, pretty but how smart guy. to the press? I mean, that's just, if they brought he him He said it to the press. That they brought him back in the locker room? Oh, no, 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 no. He mentioned the thing about Duke Johnson. I think that they could have had a veteran meeting and it just gone by the wayside. And they could Somebody, have already. Somebody is still upset about it, at least some way. Or at least they wanted to let it know that it was addressed and taken care of right. before it got out in a rumor. Yeah, that's true. All those things are possible. And uh, I, I think it's not that big a deal. There's the worst things. I, I think they'll be okay. They got so much talent, that I don't think it's going to matter. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that this is specifically a big deal and that this is the time to raise the alarm. I'm just saying that if there's going to be an alarm raised, this will have been the beginning of the fall down the mountain. You understand? Like, this is the first, when an avalanche is about to happen, this is the first piece of snow that rolls by you. You're like, oh, that's a little weird. And, <laughs> and then it all comes I mean, they, they, I mean, they got Odell. They got a lot of personalities. Exactly. I mean, you could be, you, you be very much correct, and uh, maybe, maybe Freddie pulls Oof. it together, and, and uh, maybe you'd be wrong. Uh, who knows? It's so early for NFL, though. I think um, oh, it's early for high school, too, and that's what we're going to get into right now. Another thing that I hope and I kind of really hope I'm right about is how talented the Nelson York Buckeyes could be this year and, and the type of improvement they can make. 18 of 22 is the amount of starters they're returning, and Troy, they're returning probably the most talented player in the conference, well, the most talented player in the conference. I think that's that's pretty easy call, and arguably the most talented player in Southeast Ohio in Keegan Wilburn. They might be the favorites once we get through Camp Troy and we start to get these teams figured out. You and I might be sitting on this show come August saying that the Nelson York Buckeyes are the favorite in the TVC Ohio um, with 18 to 22 starters coming back. A coach like Rusty Richards who has experience and who's had a lot of success. And speaking of Rusty Richards, he is the man that is calling us right now on the sports fan. Rusty, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing just fine, guys. How are you guys tonight? Oh, well, we're just great. I'm just uh, talking about how Baker Mayfield's probably going to ruin the Browns, but you know, <laughs> yeah, he's all, he's also in here pegging you the favorite, Coach. He's saying the Buckeyes are the favorite. He's putting a lot of expectations. I'm saying on that you. maybe we got to, Coach. I got to. We got to go through. We got to go through some camp. We got to see how things shake out. I, I don't like making predictions yeah, of this early. But let's before we get into your Buckeyes, because I want to get into them. Let's just let's just circle back to this realignment because Troy tells me, mm-hmm. and, and I know that you follow this very closely. You're an athletic director now, which congratulations on the new position. Um, well, and, thank you. I guess <laughs> <laughs> probably just more responsibility, but <laughs> yes, you've got the athletic director position. You're a head football coach, so you're very familiar with the OHSA and their regional alignment. You've been placed, uh, as well as with Trimble, in Division Six, Region 21, which r- right now is probably the most asinine region I've ever seen. It's comprised of teams <laughs> in Canton and teams like Belpre, which are on the river, which are literally probably the two farthest uh, things in the state. There, it's possible, Coach, that you could have a four-hour drive in a first-round road playoff game in this region. So my question for you is, how on earth did this happen? That's a good question, but you know it's it's tough on the high high school athletic association. Um, you know, as soon as I seen it, I'm like, All right, was it a typo? You know, I'm sitting here looking, and I'm but then I'm seeing Belpre and uh, you know, well, Crooksville, uh, Fort Fry, you know, and and Trimble and so forth. And um, you're like, man, it's a typo. So I even emailed our like our regional guy that you know for our football coach association, and you know, obviously he can't you know disagree too much, but. Uh, he, um, like he said, you know, he's, he's down at Chesapeake and his first year he went from Chesapeake to St. Clairsville and it took him like four hours for a first round, you know, first round game. So, you know, I just jumped back on there and I've looked the past couple of years at our region, you know, and it's, it's not been, uh, kind to the, uh, opposing team. So you got to take care of business. You got to win these, you know, getting that top four. So, um, you know, like I, I text Troy last night there when we, this all came out and, you know, I looked at last year, the shortest trip was an hour and 25 minutes. But the longest was three hours, and, and, and three of the four 
Um, you had Fairbanks going to Fort Fry. That's that's above Dayton. That's a two and a half hour trip. Adena, the shady side, was a three hour trip last year. Uh, the year before, um, Steubenville Catholic had to go to Ross Southeastern. It was three hour and twenty one minute trip. So it's really not. I know we could go four hours, but it's not. I mean, it's not unheard of, you know, for the first round. So I mean, it's, you know, I guess take care of business in the season, and I guess you probably won't be complaining week eleven. Yeah, that is that is true. If if you could acquire <laughs> if you could acquire the points, because the region has gotten yeah. really really tough, coach. And, and that's where I want to ask you what what is kind of the mindset you're taking now as a coach? Because it went from hey, if we're as good as we think we can be, you know, we're competing easily easily for regional championships. But now in your position, there's a lot more heavy hitters in, in your region. So yeah. what's your approach as a coach? In terms of going into the season, I know you're focusing on week one and the Trouble Tomcats and heading into Gloucester Memorial Stadium, but there has to be some sort of mindset because postseason goals are something that you kind of explain to your team at the start of camp. Yeah, I mean, at Nelson, York, we're, you know, we expect to win the league and we expect to make the playoffs. So, you know, last year we didn't do either one and you know, very disappointing season. So, uh, um, got to get work on getting better every day. I mean, obviously the, the one that sticks out, you know, in the, you sit there and you see Mogador and, you know, with their history and stuff, uh, you know, wherever you catch them in the playoffs, you better be ready to play. And, uh, you know, there's there's some interesting teams. Like, I know LeBray played the Division Four state champions tough last year, you know, in the second round of their playoffs. And they're dropping, you know, they're moving down from uh, Division Five. So, yeah, it's, it's just a little different. You know, you're used to seeing the Cool Groves, Ross Southeastern, Paint Valleys. And now, I'll, I'll be honest with you, there's a couple of schools I've never heard of. <laughs> yeah. You know, like here. this Pipe how you yeah, that's your four-hour trip. Valley? How do you even pronounce it? I don't know, but uh, we're going to go fishing after you play them, after you beat them in the hey, first hey, round. We're going fishing. We'll stay all night. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. But I've heard of like Mineral Ridge, but like Memorial, Campbell, I, I, I'll be honest with you, it's the first time I've seen it, like on any base schedule. And so where that's at, I don't know. Hopefully we don't have to go find out where any of these places are. Uh, hopefully we can take care of our business. Uh, you know, as far as points-wise, where we're the smallest team in our league, it doesn't really concern me because, you know, if, if we go, I think, 8-2 and two and above, we'll get a home game. Hmm. Um, you know, if you go off, like, pass points. But, again, you know, we're playing Division three Athens, Division four Benton Counties. Um, our non-league schedule is pretty good. So that doesn't really concern me, you know, just because 8-2 yeah, or better. You're in we'll a good host. spot. I mean, your your folks over the hill, on the other hand, the Trimble Tomcats are not in a good spot. But you, you're right. You, you probably feel a little bit more secure. But I think where I think the shock value came in for me was uh, you know, the way they configured it. And then, like you said, I mean, I've been following high school football. You and I both have since, what, the 2000s, late 90s, and I had never seen yes. this grouping. Like, I, I've, I've seen some awkward teams, you know, like a Loudonville or some people like that pop up. Uh-huh. But I have never seen any of our teams where we'll be following East Canton and, and Mogador and Western Reserve and yeah, Car- Liberty. Yeah, Car- Cardinal Middlefield, I've never heard of them. You know, yeah, I've heard of Columbiana. But, I, yeah, there's some different schools in here that uh, – East Palestine, that's all the way over, you know, Brandon. A lot of these are Youngstown schools. Yeah, you know, like that, your, that, that's um, what shocked me. I, I just Liberty. I just couldn't couldn't really grasp onto that because I'd never seen us in any of these groupings. Was so that was why I questioned, like, what is why did the OHSA do this now? Like, why did they why in 2019 did they they redraw this line from Lake Erie to the Ohio River and say, okay, this is what we're going to do this year? Well, you know what? I mean, looking at it, if you draw up the regions and sort of circle every like did a big circle, it's almost like they did away with the southeast region. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's almost like it's as like southeast and northeast is combined, and looks like they took a lasso around Columbus and up above like to Tiffin, like all the well, like Frederick Towns, those scored like Loudonville, those schools, and then we got a southwest region and a northwest region. So there's they just, there's no southeast anymore. Not not for Division Six. Well, it feels like coach. It feels like again another strike against the small schools. The way they're designed, they're trying to make it a more statewide product. Um, they're trying to match up Mogador and these bigger schools in the semifinals. They're trying to get these heavy hitters playing each other late in the tournament. And it kind of can occasionally, when you're trying that strategy, mm-hmm. throw smaller schools here in Southeast Ohio right under the bus and uh, throw them in tougher regions that they probably shouldn't belong in. My question for you is, if, if you were king of the OHSA and, and you got to organize these regions, just, you know, I don't, I know you don't probably don't have the exact teams in front of you, but just... How would you design the regional format for Division Six and really for the entire state? Well, it's a, there is no right way. You know, I sort of looking at that last night and t- just punching in on my Google Maps and seeing how many miles everybody was. 
but you know, you got to feel for, you know, like, I mean, Trimble had to go to Lucas two years ago, you know, and that like, and always wondered about that. Like, you know, or Colonel Crawford had to come to Trimble back, you know, uh, what, five, six, seven years ago. I don't know if time flies, but, uh, you had to sort of feel bad for those guys. I, I guess one time it's, it sort of happened to us. So, I mean, I guess for the last 30 years we haven't had to worry about it. So can't complain too much, but I mean, there is no perfect way because somebody's got to go to Cincinnati. Somebody's got to go this way. I mean, I counted up like the paint valleys, the Adenas. I mean, they're two hours. So if you, but if you, even if you brought them back, I could still only get to 11 teams <laughs> without grabbing teams like above Columbus, like the Frederick Towns and them. So yeah, if I, you look at it that way, and you look at Frederick Town, and you look at like, uh, like say like Lucas in Division Seven or Guy in Northmore in Division Six, now they're actually going to be playing in what would I consider their region instead of playing in our southeast region. So. Hey, yeah, that, that's a pretty good point. It does favor those ones that we've made. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because they've been the oddball for the last so many years. You know what I mean? Yeah, but there's only a few of those of where there's 18 of us. So I, that's where, I, you know, okay. We're, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah I think so. I came up with the 11. I come up with 11 schools that were like in our region. Well, and that's how actually Addie and Trimble did, you know, jumped up to Division Six. So we would only had 10. So, but I don't know. There's, there's no perfect. Anyway, you're going to end up leaving somebody out and they're going to get the short stick i guess yeah but coach maybe if you went on past and maybe you left the teams out that normally don't make it if a coach i don't know how you can do it we're here in southeast so. ohio we don't want the short stick i mean that's what oh, i know it's we just, got it once so who, you know it's no big deal i you know and i love that attitude for for you and your buckeyes moving forward you got the short end of the stick last year what i want to talk about is how you're going to change that moving into this year how do you feel about your team it was quarterback play that was suspect early mikey Sildo, he came along he played pretty well uh, come conference play, and then Keegan Wilbur went down pretty early in the Athens game, and, and Athens was an immovable object last year. It was hard to imagine anybody beating them. How do you feel about your team moving into summer camp? You've had a couple weeks to get a look at how everybody's grown, who's gotten bigger. How do you feel early in this process? Well, you know, there's a lot of good teams in the league that's got a lot of good players back, but uh, as far as us last year, you know, we had just we had a good two-year run there. We lost a lot of seniors back-to-back years. I think we had like 14 or 15 in one class, and then that class with Garrett Maiden and all his classmates, we had like 17. So, you know, we had like two starters back on each side of the ball. So, you know, next year we have, you know, before I called you guys, I was sitting there counting up. I've got like 18, 19 kids that started a football game last year. I've got varsity experience. So, you know, not just playing a play here and there. Um, this will be the first time in my, since I've been at Nelsville, York, that I've got a returning starting quarterback. So, like you said about Mikey, uh, you know, it was, a little, it was a little struggle at the beginning of the year. You know, but again, he had two starters back. You know, he had Keegan around him, and he had Donovan McAllister. So, all those other guys were new. So, was, you know, everybody wants to look at the quarterback and blame the quarterback. But we had a lot more problems than just, you know, like I said, sometimes he threw a perfect ball and we dropped it. So, But he did get up above 60% by the end of the year. So, And we started off at probably the mid-30s. So, uh, you know, Meg's game, I think he was like 15 for 17 for 200 plus. Um, you know, he's got a lot more confidence coming in. I got a lot more confidence in his uh, abilities. But, um, you know, we got every specialist back. We got our Alec Taylor back at kicker. We got our long snappers back, our short snappers. We got our punt returners. Uh, you know, so nine guys on defense. And, again, a lot of other kids that, like, rotated. So we're feeling pretty confident in, uh, you know, our chance to maybe get that league title back and – um but, you know, it starts in the weight room. It starts in the offseason working. You know, last year in June, you know, not to throw anybody under the bus, but we were, we were getting 14, 15 kids a day at tops. This year, our minimum has been 35. Wow. And that's, that's a sort of like, change. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, and that's not freshman through seniors. But, again, last year I couldn't get 15. You know, again, it's just a different group. I think these guys, you know, was woke up a little bit. I guess they're sure they didn't get the big head, you know, from the year before. But, you know, like we tried to tell them all summer, Garrett Maiden, all these guys have graduated. Somebody's got to step up. Well, they didn't, you know. But, you know, right now Keegan Wilburn, Mikey Seal, Colton Snyder, you know, Brandon Phillips, some of those guys have been in them battles the last couple of years. They're leading these, you know, they're leading the kids. They're, they're, they're bringing their buddies with them. So right now it looks promising, you know. What's that going to mean wins in the fall? I don't know. But I feel a lot more confident right now in June than I did last June. So, you know, just on the work ethic alone. How is Keegan uh, growing into really his role as a leader and adjusting to because he you know he's a D one commit now how is he adjusting to that uh, um, and how is he adjusting to being a leader on this football team because he's always kind of been you know a little bit of a leadership yeah. role his sophomore year definitely a leadership role last year but now he's the senior 
He's a little more settled in terms of his future, a little less to prove, probably for himself personally. And, you know, I've talked to Keegan, and he said it's all about the Buckeyes and it's all about winning football games. Have you seen that early in his leadership ability? Yeah, you know, he was voted captain last year, actually, as a junior, him and Mikey Sills. So that tells you a little bit about those two boys. Um, you know, he's a leader. He's the guy's always, the, you know, pushing everybody. Uh, you know, and he is a team player. You know, there was times last year we used him as a decoy because people were putting two and three people on him. You know, and he didn't come to the sidelines, tug on my shirt, say, Coach, give me the ball. Um, and he knew that, you know, he can't obviously fly over top of people like Superman. So uh, he, he's always been a team player. You know, he's a, he's a team player first. and But he's, uh, he's, you know, he stepped up even more this summer, I've noticed. You know, like, you know, because it's probably different to be part of the captain as a junior and you're sitting there looking at your senior buddies like, do I step up and say something here? You know, where now it's, you know, it's their team. You know, so like I said, they've got did a good job of getting these boys in the weight room, you know. A lot of them was in there the Monday after Athens put it on us, um, you know, 42-13. So, uh, you know, that, that score has been posted on the uh, weight room. they got to look at it every day. got to look at the Trimble score, you know, and we just remind them that, you know, we went four and six. So everywhere they look in that weight room, they got to, they've got to see that for the uh, since the Monday of, uh, you know, our season was over since we didn't make the playoffs. So it's, uh, you know, a little humility for them. Wake them up a little bit. Which one of those scores do you think bothers the kids the most? Well, right now I'd say probably the Trimble score because that's who we play first. <laughs> right. I'm sure you're drilling so, into their head. You know, yeah, and you got to hear about it, you know. So and that's that's the talk all summer. So I'm sure, you know, right now, you know, we'll worry about Athens week 10. But, uh, you know, you always do a little extra work for them also. But I would say, you know, definitely with Trimble being week one for right now because – and, and, you know, let me ask you this: so, There was, um, you know, last week when the divisions were announced, uh, we 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 did a couple shows, and and it was we were all excited. We we're saying, "Oh wow, Trimble and Nelsonville York, they're going to be in the same region." We assumed that we didn't know it was going to be in this crazy, you know, Lake Erie <laughs> region. We were going. But we knew we were, you, we knew you were going to be in the same one. And then, of course, the talk was, "Oh my God, that's that's going to make that week one game just unbelievable." I mean, what was your first reaction when you when you realized there were going to be six and you guys are going to be sharing a region and did that, that did that week one game pop up in your head and think, man, that's going to be a really, really big game? Well, you know, like like you said earlier, it is a big, it's a monster game. But as far as playoff points, it's probably a bigger game for them than us. Oh yeah, because where they are playing in a mostly primarily Division Seven league, and you know we're playing in, well, heck, everybody in the league's bigger than us. So it's probably more important to them that they get that win. Now, I don't mean it's not important that we want to win the game, but you know what I'm saying. As far as points wise, I think it's almost a must for them. Mm-hmm. Where you know, unfortunately, if we would lose or something, we don't. It's not the end of the world as far as playoff points, you know. So you know, and it's not a league, league game or whatever. But yeah, it's a big game, you know, especially for home, hmm. you know, for a home game and so forth. Oh, and yeah. you know, and Trimble's a boatload and, you know, of points. And, oh yeah, it's a boatload of points for either one of us, you know. Typically, you know, whoever wins the game. So well, yeah, like I said, I really don't want to go there twice. To be honest <laughs> with you. So uh, it's a big game in that manner too. So if we would happen to see him twice. Uh, yeah, we kind of do, though. Field. We, we I actually don't go to Gloucester Memorial twice in the same year. You know what? This <laughs> this is an actually really good question, Lucas. Honestly, though, if you had to, would you rather go to Gloucester? or Would you rather get on a bus for four hours and go clear to Youngstown? Ask me after week one and what the result is. <laughs> <laughs> good answer. You never know because Trimble's going to. I mean, Trimble's going to have a solid team. They got a lot back. Yeah, so, I know. We were actually you know, talking. I mean. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We don't know what Mogador, you know, and them have back. I don't know how many seniors they had. I know LeBray was very good. I don't. But then again, we we don't ever see those guys. So mm-hmm. did they have twenty five seniors or did they have three? Who knows? Yeah. And we know Trimble didn't have a ton. I mean, they lost some good. Hype, they lost some good football players with the Hooper boy and you know Kaufman and those. But they still only had like five of them. You know, five six kids. So yep. yeah. Kevin Wiseman and I were talking last night, and we were we were saying it's like man. I'd, it'd be really great if Trimble and Nelson would just play week 11 and we, we wouldn't have to worry about this travel thing. Yeah, we wouldn't have, well, yeah. It'd be great for the media. <laughs> it'd be a lot of fun. Well, Coach, thank you. Oh, yes, it would. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Your insight was awesome as always. And I tell you what, you got me really excited uh, for Nelson New York football. It sounds like you guys got something really good cooking um, for this upcoming season. We plan on it, so we'll, we'll see how seven on sevens go. Like like you said, we'll see how the scrimmages go. We scrimmage uh, Logan, um, New Lexington, Catholic. So I'm sure by the time we get done with those, we'll know if we're going to be where we're going to be. So you know, we'll get battle tested pretty quickly. Well, I can't wait to see you, Coach. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, thank you guys. Have a good evening, Rusty Richards.
Troy, um, you know, there were just a lot of little tidbits that leaked through in that interview that I think were, were, were red flags for me in terms of a guy that tries to predict these things. 35 kids at this time of year compared to 15. Um, he seems very excited, determined. Uh, I, I just think Nelson York's got a big giant chip on their shoulder and they have the most returning in the conference. And that's just a, a really big formula when you have a guy like Rusty Richards as the head coach and a guy like Keegan Wilbur in the backfield. That's a really, really, really dangerous formula in terms of, of forming a, a team that is coming for everybody in the TVC Ohio. That interview just kind of strengthened my resolve of what I said before that interview, which was which is I think that Nelson York should be the favorite heading into the season. Yeah, right before you answered the phone, I was probably going, just going to echo your statements and probably feel that way at this time as well. Uh, just based on a lot of things that Coach said, a lot of things that you said, I, I totally agree with. And if, if you watch these teams year in and year out for 10, 20, 25 years, you realize it's just it's like an ocean wave. When they go down, you know it's coming back up. They're yeah. not going to stay down. Nelson, New York does not stay down. Trimble does not stay down. They may suffer a little bit of a break in the action for a year, maybe two years at the very most, and then they're right back up. And last year, what did you say they were? Four and six? It's not going to happen. It's going to come back up. It's going to be eight and two. It's going to be nine and one. It's just a matter of how far it goes up. I fully expect it. And they got all the talent. They got a good coach. They got everything going for them. They're a program. And I think the schedule lightens up for them. Yeah. Easier not. That's big. That's, that's huge. Uh, they could help out our hawking teams by just putting one on Burn Union because I think Burn Union could be a, a playoff uh, contender there in Region 27. So I'd love to see the Buckeyes take care of them for us. And uh, Oak Hill, eh, that could be a tough game. You never know what the Oaks are going to bring. And uh, what else was on there? I'm not sure. Oh, I looked at it last night, and I thought, wow, this is this is a little bit easier. And uh, so I'm, you know, I, I, I nine and one, eight and two at the worst, I think is is what, what would be Mike. I, it could be could be eight and one going into uh, the yeah, Athens game. game. Which, it could be could be could be nine and zero. Oh. Yeah, I mean, well, I think Athens is non conference is going to be interesting. I mean, they start with Waverly. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. I'm not. I hadn't even mentioned Athens. I'm talking about Nelson New York. Oh, I don't yeah. know what Athens is going to be when that game rolls around. I the, the I think Nelson New York is a lot more determined than what Athens is going to be. Athens has the range of winning the conference again to being a team that is six and four. You know, I I think that that's the that's the real range for the Athens Bulldogs. You're telling me they can't be beat by Coulter Cleveland? I mean, we don't know what's we don't know what's coming back on the offensive and defensive line. You just don't know. At this point, right now, everything's on the table. For well, they can start zero and three, Lucas, and lose to Nelsonville, be six and four. So they could be five and five, even. Yeah, I, I, that's on the table. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Do I think that's what's going to happen? No, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. And, and we like to discuss all the possibilities on the sports fan. We'll discuss the possibilities in tonight's NBA Finals game when we return. This is the Sports Fan ninety-seven WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Are you looking for new ways to connect with friends without breaking the bank? WellWorks is now offering Fitness for You. Personalized classes at your convenience with your friends. At WellWorks, if you want it, we want to help you achieve it. That's why we're offering private group fitness classes at exceptional prices. Let's work together. Grab a group of friends and connect with us to design your unique class. Learn more at ohio.edu slash wellworks. Wellworks is an initiative of the College of Health Sciences and Professions at Ohio University and is open to the community. Did you know that April is Donate Life Month? Lifeline of Ohio, as well as many other partners from around the country, create activities throughout the month of April to educate and encourage people to register as organ, eye, and tissue donors, as well as celebrate those who have saved and healed lives through the gift of donation. There are over 117,000 men, women, and children awaiting life-saving organ transplants, and another person is added to that list every 10 minutes. Be the difference. Register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor today by visiting lifelineofohio.org. Click on the Register tab. It's easy and takes less than two minutes. So what can you do to help increase organ, eye, and tissue donation? 
First, register your decision online at lifelineofohio.org. Then tell your family and friends about your decision to donate life. And finally, ask those friends and family members if they are registered donors. Help Lifeline of Ohio and donate life. Celebrate the gift of life and sight by becoming a donor today. Visit lifelineofohio.org today to register and learn more. Do you have aching feet, heel pain, or ankle problems? Some foot issues just can't be fixed by those expensive shoe stores or with shoe inserts. It's important that you find and fix the real problem and not just treat the symptom of foot and ankle pain. A foot exam from a doctor of podiatric medicine who is the medical expert in foot and ankle pain may answer your questions. Our doctors will provide important foot care solutions after doing a complete foot examination that a shoe store just can't do. Podiatric physicians are the most qualified doctors to care for your feet based on their education, training, and experience. The Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association's members are located throughout Ohio and are dedicated to providing the highest quality foot and ankle care. If you suffer from foot, heel, or ankle pain, let us help you find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association so you know you are being treated by the very best. Visit us at associationsadvanceohio.com for a referral today. Siemens, the area's finest locally owned and operated grocery store, has been serving friends and neighbors for over 60 years. Siemens is a healthy, quick alternative for dinner. Stop by the store where you can do your whole week's worth of shopping in just 15 minutes. Siemens Grocery is located at 305 West Union Street. Don't forget the butcher is still in at Siemens. Please call ahead for special orders and the finest cuts of meat when it's worth having the very best. Siemens, your meat store. WATH 97.1 FM. It's Sports Fan. And uh, Troy and I were just talking in the break. Well, we were talking before the break about Athens, the possibility of going 5-5. Five and five. And I, I think that us, the conversation we just had should dispel anybody that would ever claim that we're Athens homers. You know, since I've now coached with Athens and you're 93 Bulldog. <laughs> um, you know, we're honest on the show. We'll shoot it straight, and right now, things are definitely looking more positive in the Nelsonville York direction in terms of being favored in the TVC Ohio, the way we're looking at it. I mean, there's just so many question marks with the Athens Bulldogs on the offensive line. Um, there's question marks at the quarterback position. There's question marks with the head coach. And I know that you and I, we believe in Nathan White and Joey Moore, but you know, belief only goes so far. There, there are things that have to be proven. And uh, Nelsonville York, they've got 18 to 22 starters returning. They've got a head coach that's done it before, has the most experience of anybody in the entire conference. And they have the best overall player in the conference that figures to be a dynamic offensive, defensive, and special teams threat. It's just hard to bet against that, and especially with the Nelsonville York culture. So, I, I think um, a good way to tell, you, you used the Homer word, <laughs> uh, Homer and honest and to, to to view that, uh, I want to throw the word hope in there. Because if you put me in, yeah, I'm honest about everything. But I, I, I have a hope that yeah. Nathan White does really good. I have, I have hope and and uh, a lot of just wishful wanting for Joey Moore to be great. So if you put me in that category, no, I'm not a homer, I'll be honest. But you know, I'm not there in the middle. I think I, I'm just a little bit to the right going towards the homer side. Because what do you mean? I mean, I graduated yeah. from Athens. I'm from Athens. There's I went a lot school of, to Athens. There's so many great storylines in this conference. I cannot wait. I mean, I just can't wait. You've got just star players. You've got big names. You've got new coaches. You've got a lot of things up in the air. It's going to be a great, great season of high school football. When is it not? When is it not a great season? Every year we have something. Something uh, last different. Year, last, year, uh, last year, it was the entire time we knew it was going to be Athens. We knew it was going to be Athens. But I always look at it as a, as a whole. I mean, we had a team in the state championship. Oh no, that was that's that how was I view things. I okay, yeah. I'm talking about the TVC Ohio itself. Hmm. I yeah, think... we've had some tail. We, the Ohio there has been a few years where it's been eh, ho hum, uh, but even when we thought it was ho hum, Alexander ends up playing like week twelve. You know what I mean? So, something just comes out of the blue at us every time. It seems, 
We always have somebody. It's either in Athens. Last year was Alexander Nelson. probably going five and five or whatever they did, four and six. Yeah, that was like a big accomplishment. Can you imagine? What, I wish you were around here when, when the Spartans were really good, when they had Coach was, Penrod. The year before I came, they were really good. So all the first messenger articles I'm reading when I'm trying to learn about high school football <laughs> in this area, we're all talking about how the Alexander Spartans were, the, were running the show. And uh, it was a quick change. It was a quick change. Yeah, that's uh, when I'm talking about those peaks and valleys. There's a lot more valleys for Alexander. <laughs> I mean, I was, you know they beat Nelsonville for the first time in the history of their school just in just that was recently. Yeah, I mean that they lost like I don't know how many times straight. Like, I don't know, like thirty straight years, Lucas, of losing to a certain team. Finally, they broke through in, in the mud, which was our caller talked about it the other night. Brutal. But, but they're good in basketball. They're really good in soccer. Yeah, and they got a good baseball program too. Basketball should be interesting too, but mm. it's way too early to get into basketball. We still got a whole football season to get through. We do have some basketball to talk about, though, from the professional level. NBA Finals Game 6 is tonight at Oracle Arena, the last game at that famed, famed arena in San Francisco or in Oakland. Oakland. They're moving it to San Francisco. Bay Area. Oracle. It's going to be bumping tonight. No Kevin Durant for the Golden State Warriors. I think Toronto's got to win this game. I really do. I think that I think that they would be very like under pressure in Game Seven if they don't win this one. Although I think they'd pull it out in front of their home crowd in Game Seven, but the pressure's on. Golden State slight favorite in Vegas. Troy, what do you think about this matchup? Uh, the Warriors all of a sudden they're looking at a Game Six and the ball bounces the right way tonight. It went from three one, the dynasty is dead, to Game Seven. Hold on for dear life. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. When real quick, when you were talking about that, how cool would it be to live live in the Bay Area? I mean, here we are in Ohio, and we're like, you know, we got to drive three hours to watch the Reds. Yep. If you lived in the Bay Area, you literally have two professional franchises for each sport right on top of you. That'd be awesome. I guess New York has the same thing. You got the, you yeah. got Brooklyn, you got the Knicks, you got the Jets, you got the Giants. It'd be awesome, man. San Francisco and Oakland, they're just, they're just right there. It'd be awesome. That'd be like a sports person's dream. In terms of the game, I, I'm not with you a little bit. I, I, I don't think it's a must win because I feel like Toronto's going to win this thing in seven. I don't know why. It's just a hunch. Maybe it's just that gambler's intuition. I, I see them losing tonight because I think the emotion and being in Oracle for the last time and Clay and Steph, I think they get it done. But I think with their backs against the wall, I think Toronto gets it done at home in game seven. Yeah. Well, the argument is that this is the argument for the Warriors in seven. And this is the way it would happen is that the emotion carries the Warriors tonight, which you and I expect. And I, they carry the emotions tonight, and it's just an emotional win. It's tough for the Raptors to get into a rhythm with the with the road crowd. Although they're three and zero at Oracle, so I don't know. You know, we're saying this road crowd thing; it could be moot point. But you know, they get all hyped up, and then Golden State goes in into Game Seven, and the game's just close going into the fourth quarter. And the Toronto Raptors, who've never been in a Game 7 as a collective unit, all just freeze under the pressure, and Clay and Steph just hit clutch shot after clutch shot. That's kind of the only hope, I feel like, for the Golden State Warriors here, is it just as circumstantial. You know, you get to a fourth quarter in Game 7, it's just different. It's about big players making big shots. And we've seen the Warriors make those shots before. And, you know, we, we haven't seen the Raptors make those shots, but then some would make the argument that Marcus Gasol has played big playoff games against the Warriors with the Memphis Grizzlies. He's been in big spots. Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, both been in big spots with the San Antonio Spurs. You can say Fred Van Fleet has been, been in big spots with Wichita State in March Madness and saying that maybe these guys can handle the pressure, but I think the only argument for the Warriors winning this game in seven without Kevin Durant is that the pressure is going to get to the Toronto Raptors. I think that's kind of the situation we're sitting in. It doesn't feel like there's any other possible combinations for this thing to play out. It's either Toronto won't crumble under the pressure, they are the better team, and they either win tonight or win in Game 7. Or Golden State wins by emotion tonight and wins because Toronto choked in Game 7. There's just no scenario where the Warriors are just flat out all of a sudden better than Toronto. I think there's a scenario where I get the feeling that sometimes in these games um, that that Steph and Clay could just go off and it is this huge emotional moment and the Warriors win by like 25 tonight. Oof. But that doesn't guarantee they're going to win game seven. I, it could come to a point if they're real hot in the early going first quarter, second quarter, they're bombing threes, everybody's making threes, and Toronto just kind of says, we're not going to win this thing. We're just going to let's play this out, let's get back home. Re- refocus, make it a whole different game, game seven in Toronto. That could happen. 
I wouldn't be shocked. I don't I don't see it happening though because these two teams they've been playing tight the whole time. So I I was just throwing out a possibility. But it, like okay, if your scenario happens, let's play it out. If your scenario happens, we're coming on the show to you're coming on the show tomorrow. You're going, what is going on? Are the Warriors better now? Like, are uh, everybody would think they're going to win Game Seven? I mean, it would be just a firestorm if they did that. I, I kind of hope they do, because I want to bet on Toronto. I think the odds would come down. My, my the money line on Toronto, I'd still bet on Toronto. I still would, and I think that would actually help my betting side to do that. Well, I don't know. Maybe Toronto doesn't fold under the pressure. Maybe they are three and zero at Oracle. Maybe they have experienced players. Maybe they are just flat out the better team. Maybe Golden State is shaken up by Kevin Durant. Maybe that's what happens tonight. Maybe Toronto wins by twenty five thirty, and it's just a boring end to the finals. Yeah, that, I guess that, everything's on the table. Yeah, that's on the table too. You know, some would say that this would be the Warriors paying for the sins of trying to bring in Kevin Durant, making a deal with the devil as your your arena closes with a blowout loss. To Kawhi Leonard and the Toronto Raptors, that might be fitting. That might be fitting, but I want to see Game Seven. That's what I want in this series. What do you want that in this series? Would you rather see a Game Seven Warriors win, or the series end tonight in a Toronto win? Oh, that's a really good question. I and don't talk in. Inc- I I don't want the Warriors to win. So what about I, an incredible Game Seven? One of the greatest games ever. Just it doesn't like, matter. I think wow, it could, it could be so like five other times. I don't want him to win. I don't want. I don't want that. I mean, I want. I want <laughs> Toronto to win the game. I'm just sick of Golden State. I want something new, man. I want the Toronto well, Raptors, see, NBA champions. That's pretty cool. I would be different if if I felt like Golden State had a few more years in them, but I know that this is the end of the run. I don't think so, man. I, I, is, Kevin Durant, well, he can get the five year deal because he knows he's not going to play next year. Only Golden State can give him that but five. This years. is uh, this is. I think that this is just. They're not going to have the cap. Okay, if they get Kevin Durant, who else is playing on this team? You think the injury problems are just going to go away? They're magically going to make it through the playoffs every time when the West gets better and better as young players start to take over? I, I don't know. Yeah, they'll have to get creative. I mean, sooner or later, you're right. They can't pay the max to everybody. I just think so. this would be a fitting end to the dynasty. A 3-1 comeback, which was the biggest failure in their entire thing. And they win, and then they're done. And then they're a pretty good team for a while. They'll challenge every every now and the, now and again. And, and they were just a great story and a great dynasty. I think that that would be a fitting end. But it also would be fitting if Toronto won in Game 7 in front of the home crowd, Toronto's first ever championship, Kawhi expelling the demons from San Antonio. That would be great, too. What wouldn't be great, in my opinion, is Toronto winning tonight, not in front of the home fans. The only way it would be great is if Kawhi has an all-time 45-point Shades of Michael Jordan type performance in a closeout game six. Yeah, I'll take that, man. I, I, you know me, I like Kawhi Leonard. I, it helped strengthen my argument that you guys like threw me under the bus I, there. They sound I was an idiot. I'm, tell, I'm telling you, the guys really. All good. I know is you could vote Kevin Durant most valuable player in this series, and and make a st- solid argument for it because the entire series has been about Kevin Durant. <laughs> about yeah, kind of. What, what the reason I want Toronto to win is if you go back and look at history, it's always it's always the, the dominant team. And it's always for stretches of time. You got the Heat. You had the Spurs. The, you had the Lakers at one time. And the Celtics. And they win three, four, or five. The Pistons. The Bad Boys. Never is there just like this one team, Lucas, that sneaks out of nowhere and wins an NBA title. It doesn't happen. Never. Go back and look at all the champions. You'll never find one that just snuck in there and won and got back out. 2011 Dallas Mavericks. Ah, oh, the Mavericks. You did. You got me. Yeah, there was one. But, I mean, they, they were pretty good. And they had Dirk. And they have everybody. But you're right. That is a really good one. Other than Dallas. Yeah, but this team reminds me of Dallas, one superstar. Yeah, they do, and I like it. I like those little kind of odd underdog-type situations that the Toronto Raptors are playing right now. That's why I'm rooting for them. It it should be interesting. I'm excited for it tonight. Cavaliers made an interesting hire at the head coach position. We'll talk about her hiring on the other side of this break. This is the Sports Fan, 97 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. 
looking for a cold beer and a place to cool off? Come take a visit to Mel's Roadhouse, where all are welcome any day of the week. Stop in, kick your feet up, and relax with buckets of beer, a game of pool, and great people. Speaking of pool, try your luck against the other pool sharks in town at the weekly pool tournaments. Or if whaling out of tune is more your game, Mel's even has karaoke nights. Head out to Old 550 for Mel's Roadhouse, a go-to good time. Siemens Grocery is your family-owned grocery store where customer service is still a priority. At Siemens, you'll find high-quality, healthy, fresh foods, including fresh, natural Amish chicken. Siemens opened their doors in 1951 and for three generations has offered the highest quality produce and finest cuts of meats. How long has it been since you've been to Siemens? Siemens Grocery and Marathon, 305 West Union Street, Athens, 730 to 9, Monday through Saturday, Sundays from 10 to 7. Are you looking for new ways to connect with friends without breaking the bank? WellWorks is now offering Fitness for Youth. Personalized classes at your convenience with your friends. At WellWorks, if you want it, we want to help you achieve it. That's why we're offering private group fitness classes at exceptional prices. Let's work together. Grab a group of friends and connect with us to design your unique class. Learn more at ohio.edu slash wellworks. Wellworks is an initiative of the College of Health Sciences and Professions at Ohio University and is open to the community. Did you know that April is Donate Life Month? Lifeline of Ohio, as well as many other partners from around the country, create activities throughout the month of April to educate and encourage people to register as organ, eye, and tissue donors, as well as celebrate those who have saved and healed lives through the gift of donation. There are over 117,000 men, women, and children awaiting life-saving organ transplants, and another person is added to that list every 10 minutes. Be the difference. Register as an organ, eye, and tissue donor today by visiting lifelineofohio.org. Click on the Register tab. It's easy and takes less than two minutes. So what can you do to help increase organ, eye, and tissue donation? First, register your decision online at lifelineofohio.org. Then tell your family and friends about your decision to donate life. And finally, ask those friends and family members if they are registered donors. Help Lifeline of Ohio and donate life. Celebrate the gift of life and sight by becoming a donor today. Visit lifelineofohio.org today to register and learn more. Final segment on the Sports Fan 97 WATH 97.1 FM. Lucas Moore here, Troy Bullen over there. And we were talking NBA Finals on the other side. Let's keep talking about the NBA, but this time the Cleveland Cavaliers. Lindsey Gottlieb is a new assistant coach under John Beeline, and the reason it's big news is she's a female head coach in the women's game for Cal Berkeley. And she went to seven NCAA tournaments over the last eight years. And now she's going to be an NBA assistant head coach under John Beeline. An interesting hire for the Cleveland Cavaliers, Troy. And uh, a good one when you look at her resume and what she's done within the ranks of uh, women's college basketball. Yeah, I think I think it's... Um, well, first of all, I trust John Beeline and anybody that he would hire or just kind of look for to, to put on his staff. The guy's pretty smart. Uh, but what I've always liked about the women's game or even girls basketball in general, going from the high school level is they seem to be in tune with the fundamentals of basketball more so than the men. And I think they're taught that through different coaches on different levels. Uh, so, I, you, you know me, I'm a fundamental guy, so I'm sure, uh, you know, I can't be positive because I don't know her coaching style, but I'm pretty fairly confident that it's built on the fundamentals of basketball and it's always good to have those type of people around on your staff. I know uh, Popovich uh, had a young lady that was a pretty darn good assistant coach. She might still be there. And, um, Becky Hammond. Yeah, I have, I have no problem with it. I think it's a good hire. And what what kind of actually the question I would ask is why did she do it? Why would she give up a head coaching job at you know University of California? Right? I mean that's pretty big school. Cal, uh, and, the pay, hmm? the pay. What she she's not is she going to make more as an assistant in NBA? Yes. She was ahead. Okay, yes. that's fair enough. I, I, and yes, yes, yeah. I, I imagine she's probably making somewhere around. $550,000 as a women's head basketball coach at Cal Berkeley. And she's probably going to be making just short of a million as an NBA assistant coach. So the salary is one. Also the career ladder, because now that she's an NBA assistant, if Becky Hammond, let's say Be- Becky Hammond is the first female hire in terms of NBA head coaches, because it's probably coming in the next five years. And she works 
that means she won't be the last one. So this is a positioning by a 41-year-old head coach, which is what Lindsey Gottlieb is. She's positioning herself as a 41-year-old to get some NBA assistant coaching experience so that if this bubble bursts and it becomes more commonplace for females to run NBA teams, that she'll be one of the first names mentioned after Becky Hammond. Do you really think, do you honestly believe that, five years? I think there's going to there's be one within five. I, I don't know. If that was a bet, I would bet no. If that was a bet on the money line, I would I would probably take the no. So how long do you think? Hmm. I don't know, Luke. It's a good question, but I don't think it's five years. And I think, uh, would it, wouldn't it occur at the college level first, then the NBA, or not? Or does that matter? I think it's going to occur at the NBA level first. I really do. Um, I can see that. Uh, there's a lot of things that go on at the college level. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think five years. I think it's more than that. Hmm. See, the reason I think it'll work at the NBA level more is, honestly, I think that the professional athletes would respect a uh, a female head coach more than college kids. Um, and, and the way that, that college head coaches at the men's level kind of gain control of their locker rooms is a little bit different. If you're an NBA head coach, you're basically a business leader. So if you're a woman, it doesn't really matter. You go to a player like, I control your salary. It's not about how big I am, how, how much I can yell at you. Right. This is how we're going to win. This is how we're going to make the most money. And if you don't do what I say, I'll make sure you don't make as much money. Right. That's an extremely powerful swaying of words. You don't really have to mince anything. So that's why I think it's going to be a little more possible in the NBA. Plus, NBA has already started to make a lot of angles towards it. And I think the stage is I think that's where it should be. I think that I think there's a lot of qualified women that could be coaching in the NBA. I mean, look at Doris Burke, the type of analysis. She's the best color commentator in sports, period. And I think basketball is one of those sports that the game is so similar on the women's side as it is to the men's that it can transfer right over. You can be a head coach. If you're a head coach for a men's team, you can be a head coach for a women's team. In the same way, vice versa. That's not true in baseball versus softball. There's a lot of nuances to the game that you have to kind of pick up and learn as a head coach. All those nuances are exactly the same from the women's to the men's game in basketball. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I, I would, I just, uh, and you're right. I think it would be NBA first. Absolutely would be NBA first before college. <clears throat> but I, I have in my head, you know, the coach on one knee, drawn up clipboard, drawn up plays, things like that. And and the guys or the men that have gotten the jobs in the NBA, they either have an NBA background, they were players, or they were superstar college coaches like John Beeline that have developed reputations over years, drawn up plays, X's and O's, things like that. So I guess I guess the path would be to sit alongside Popovich and do a lot of those things yourself with him in practice and gain the respect of the other Spurs players. That is a route for them to, when the timeout comes and she's in the huddle and she's drawn up to play, for them to trust that that person, her, that she's going to draw up the right play and they'll execute it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I think it's about trust. Are you doing the right things? Are you doing the necessary groundwork as a head coach? Plus, think about how liberal of a league the NBA is in terms of their politics and the players. You know, I don't think it's a football locker room where a lot of guys grew up in the Midwest eating hamburgers <laughs> and they haven't really... I think it's just more of a, a welcoming type of culture in, in the NBA, and I think it would be well-suited for it. I, I t- I'll tell you this: the one that does break the break the ice is going to have to be, or she will be. Brilliant. She has to be. She, she's not going to be a former WNBA player. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be somebody that is absolutely brilliant at coaching, and she will be successful. I can almost guarantee it. That's the type of coach that they will respect is somebody that is just so smart that they say, "My God, this this lady really knows what she's talking about." We'll listen to her. Yep, that's that's who she has to be, and I, I think that that's what we'll see, and I think we'll see within five years. But I'm but I'm a hopeful be. This has been the Sports Fan, ninety-seven WATH, same time, same place tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time.